Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, and Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me today is just Brandon again. How you doing, Brandon? I hate being just Brandon. Well, you're only just Brandon for one episode. <sighs> Alright, let's get on with this so that I can be something cool. Alright, season five. We start season five today. Season five, already. Five of seven. We're almost done. Yeah, we're practically on the last episode. We're uh, basically on our deathbed for this podcast. <laughs> Not really. We'll get that final, like, hurrah, and then we'll die. Yeah. But before we talk about Season 5, Brandon, how was your week? It was okay. Oh, yeah? Anything great happened? boring. My week was pretty boring, too, honestly. All right. That was great. So, I was in bed the other night, and Kim was talking about, oh, what are you going to do with the podcast next? You know, blah, blah, blah. And she said, why don't you do a Torkelsons podcast? A what? And I said, what? <laughs> Say, Have you what? ever heard of the Torkelsons? No, I'm pretty sure she made that up. I thought so too. I I was like, show me the intro, then you know that's the yeah, that's the way you prove it. And uh, the intro sucks, but it's real. <laughs> it's got, what is it? It's a sitcom from Disney. I think it might have been in like the TGIF block. Okay, in, like, what decade? Ninety or ninety one? All right, nineties, and. Um, for some reason, Minkus is in it. <laughs> he's okay. Like the main, he's like a main character. And wow. I was like, why is Minkus in this? <laughs> and, okay, it's so we looked Minkus it up show. more. Yeah. I'd never seen it. You know, Kim apparently loved it for some reason. And <laughs> we looked into the show, you know, we looked it up on Wikipedia, and it had three seasons. But the third season, they changed the name to, like, Going Home or something like that. Oh, Going Home. I love that show. <laughs> Really? No, I actually still have no idea what this is. <laughs> okay. Well, they they have like a, a family of like five Torkelsons, and for the like Torkelson. sequel season three, they just they just cut two of the children, <laughs> <laughs> and then they never mention them. <laughs> the parents just were like, "Sorry, you're not testing well, Billy." Yeah, I guess and so. Stacy, you're out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, I don't know. There's so many shows in like the 90s that I just like, nobody even remembers them. No. And I imagine if if our project after Are You Afraid of the Dark was a Torkelsons <laughs> review show, there'd be yeah. two people in the world who would be like, whoa, this is my shit. And one of them would be Kim. The other one <laughs> you know wouldn't be me. I bet the other one would be Harry DBZ on Instagram. <laughs> it would be Minkus. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there was just so many weird shows back then, like Samurai Pizza Cats. <laughs> I'd heard of that, at least. That's real. That, that yeah, existed. And, and, like... Um, Oh, I thought of one. And, oh, you remember that commercial we seen when we were on that binge watch of old 90s commercials that was like um, Beverly Hills Teenagers Fighting Aliens or something? Oh, I do remember that one. Yeah, I don't remember what, what the name that? of the show is, but it was a really weird ripoff of Power Rangers. Yeah. I don't remember what it was called. It was something really long, though, like Beverly Hills Teenagers with Attitude Fighting Aliens or something. It was... They couldn't use Teenagers with Attitude. That's copyrighted. <laughs> okay. Fine. Beverly Hills Young People with, I don't know, Academic Promise. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. Well, I don't know anything else more, so... <laughs> yeah. Gonna... It existed, though. That also existed. Yeah. So that was my week. Torkelson. <laughs> So, Brandon, you ready to get into this episode? Yes, let's do it. All right. So we just got done watching Season 5, Episode 1, The Tale of the Dead Man's Float. What'd you think of this, Brandon? I thought this episode was shit. Oh, whatever. No, you didn't. Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody thinks this episode's shit. Yeah, it's a good episode. It is probably the most talked about episode from Are You Afraid of the Dark, I think. Really? Everybody remembers this episode. I can see why. There's things about this episode that still like scare me today, I guess you could say. If I'm in a pool alone, 
I happened to think about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the Jaws effect. Yeah, it is. Except for even more so, because in the ocean, even if there's probably not a shark, there definitely could be. But there's probably... <laughs> I'm going to say there's definitely not a zombie ghost in the pool. But you know what? There's most definitely not a monster who's going to grab my hand if it's hanging over the side of the bed when I'm sleeping. But uh-huh. I'm still not putting my hand over there. Yeah, I wouldn't either because then I wouldn't be covered up and it'd be cold. So, you thought this episode was shit, did you? <laughs> this episode's pretty good. I like it a lot. I'd say, like, maybe one-third of it is, like, really awesome. Yeah. And the other two-thirds are pretty good. Yeah. So, well, it averages out to be a good episode. Yeah. When I talked to you last week, I said it was my favorite episode. And I don't know if it still is or not, just because... Like you said, the like two thirds of this episode's kind of boring. I mean, the first third is boring. The second third is like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then the third, last third is really awesome. Yeah, but it gets there. I'm interested to see if uh, it'll be my favorite episode by the time we're done with season five because we're only on the first episode. Yeah, it's a strong contender though. So the rest of the season's gonna have to be pretty good. There can't be any frozen ghosts in here. No. Well, I don't know. I can't remember if there's frozen ghosts or not. But uh, this is like the coolest monster makeup that the show's had oh, so yeah. far. It was... By far. It was. Uh, this is a children's show. Like This makes that scarecrow from last season look like trash. <laughs> Which it was, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it's probably definitely trash by now. <laughs> Oh, all right. Let's just start talking about this thing. Yeah, we got, we got lots. Stop of talking about. around it. Our episode starts up with Gary and his hands reaching down with a match, and he's lighting up the campfire. And he raises his hand, saying, "Tonight's one of those meetings I always have mixed feelings about." <laughs> it's one of them Kiki stories. <laughs> it's the kind of meeting where I have to pretend like I like the story. <laughs> He looks over at Betty Ann sitting next to him and says, It's sad because Frank's family moved and we lost one of our members. But it's exciting because we have to find a new member. They don't have to. No, they really don't. <laughs> they make it like they have to keep this quota of people to keep churning out <laughs> stories. But, I mean, they don't. They really don't. But, uh, no. I mean, we got to pour one out for Frank here. Yeah, he's OG Midnight Society member. He's consistently like the lowest ranking member in our lists. Yeah. But he's he's still our guy. Yeah. He's still our Frank. I like Frank. I I liked having him there even though he, you know, he's not the coolest member of the Midnight Society. Yeah. I mean, he thinks he's the coolest. I feel like I said that about Eric maybe when he left. What? I was like, "Oh, I can't imagine it without Eric." But fuck Eric. <laughs> can't imagine it without Eric. <laughs> Oh. Hey, I was watching it for the first time. I know, I know. (laughs) It's okay. The Midnight Society managed without him, and to never mention him again. Yeah, but Frank's a big loss. I kind of think this is really funny, because Gary's the only one that mentions it or says, like, anything about Frank. Everybody else is just, like, turned off the Frank light switch, and they're done with him. Yeah, well, I mean... Kiki and Betty Ann, well, not so much Betty Ann, Kiki and Sam are probably just relieved. They're like, man, I don't have to keep my guard up all the time from this asshole always being like, hey, baby, for 30 seconds. They don't have to. (laughs) Betty Ann asks who Gary brought, and then we see Tucker walking up the pathway with a person with a bag over their head, and Tucker's like, nobody, I brought him. (laughs) God damn it, Tucker. (laughs) Why would Tucker get to bring a new person? Like, I feel like he's still barely in the Midnight Society. (laughs) He's been on for two seasons now, and it still feels like he's got, like, a provisional license. (laughs) I feel the same way. Like, he's one bad story away from being out at any moment. (laughs) Has Gary brought anybody in? I guess he brought Tucker in. I they guess. Should've let, they should have let Kiki get bring Seriously. Has Kiki got any friends? <laughs> she made a ton of friends when she moved to Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> but they 
like Gary got to bring one in. So did Betty Ann and Frank. No, no, David brought Frank in. So I feel like it's Kiki's turn. Yeah. Tucker's just like me, me. <laughs> I met this guy in my play date. Mm, he's really great. <laughs> we were sucking juice boxes. <laughs> Over by we the were slamming mountain. back the Capri Suns. <laughs> oh my god. Is he Tucker 3.0 right now? I guess so. I, he might still be 2.0. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's gotten that firmware upgrade yet. He might be, like, downgraded to Tucker 1.5. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if these are the friends he's keeping. But let, let's continue on. Betty Ann looks at Gary saying, Tucker's going to nominate somebody. And we come back to Tucker, who gets offended, saying, Why not? He's a friend of mine. And Tucker looks at the kid and then we see kiki walking up behind them and she laughs and she pats tucker on the back and says you say that like it's a good thing and we look over at gary betty ann and sam and betty ann giggles while sam stands up and back over with tucker kiki looks at the kid with the bag over their head and asks tucker who the new meat is and he lifts up the bag and we see this kid with this wet grungy hair Ugh, greasy he looks like sean from the tale of the water demons a little bit yeah he's got a shawny vibe he really does yeah he says, hi, babe, and gives Kiki a smooch on the cheek. Yep. And that pisses and Kiki off. That should be the end of it. Like, he you should not think, be right? in the club. Yeah. Literally, the his first act of being in this club is sexual harassment, if not assault. And that's the first <laughs> thing he does. Now, fuck him. He's out. No, that's not cool. I understand. Not that. cool. I don't like this guy. Right away. <laughs> pisses Kiki off too and of course she busts through those kids to go stand next to Betty Ann and Sam saying no no anybody but Stig and Sam's like you know this guy and Kiki says yeah he's a virus don't let him next to the fire he might explode we cut over to Gary who shakes his head and says uh Tuck I don't know about this but Tucker's like come on give him a chance and then nope. Stig pipes up saying yeah is this about telling a good story or winning a popularity contest I mean it's kind of both they need to vote you in yeah, it really is kind of both, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Gary looks at the girls who look at each other, and Betty Ann lifts her shoulders like she doesn't really care what's going on. And then, just like that, the Midnight Society has a new member, kind of. He's got to do a story, and then they got to vote on it. And his name's Stig. Frank's gone, and the only one that gave any shits was Gary. <laughs> Tucker thinks this shit is excellent and tells Stig to go sit down over there. And the kids all take their seats, and Stig grabs a sweater off a stump to put it over this log. But Sam jumps up yelling, hey, that's my sweater. And Stig's like, And then what? Kiki the says, hey, that looks like my sweater. <laughs> you stole my sweater. Sam pushes her finger right in Stig's face saying, don't push it, grungy boy. And Kiki shakes her head in disapproval as Sam walks back to Tucker, who rolls his eyes. So did they just feel the need here to replace Frank with another kind of asshole character? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't really remember Stig that much, so I'm interested to see what kind of character he turns out to be, if he's just going to keep up with this, like, weird kid sniffing and eating weird shit and stuff, you know? I'm not quite sure. I can't really remember what kind of character he is. I feel like I already know. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like the weird, you know, outcast kid. He's like one step away from having stupid hair girl hair, though. <laughs> that would be an improvement. <laughs> Over his greasy slop. Ugh, it is Plopped stupid. onto his head. Back with Stig, he throws his hands up like, Oh, what you gonna do? And then he sits down on that wet log. And Stig takes a look around the campfire and says, Alright, I figure I gotta impress you guys, so I'm taking my best shot. Tucker raises his eyebrows in excitement. And Kiki just stares at Stig. Back over the stick, he says, a lot of people don't like the way I am. They're always telling me I gotta clean up my act. But sometimes things are the way they are for a reason. And if you go making changes that shouldn't be made, you could end up with a whole mess of trouble. And Sam and Kiki kind of look at each other, and then back with Stig, he nods to Tucker, who grabs the bag of monkey bone dust. And Stig says, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story. Tucker tosses in the dust. The tale, the dead man's float. Now, the introduction can only mean one thing, the pool, right? I guess. That's the only thing that they make a change to in this episode. He's really reaching. Really, really, yeah. To make really it. Badly. 
also fit his circumstances. Yeah, that that intro sucked. Now, in most cases, I would give a little introduction to a new member of the show, but I didn't do any of the other Midnight Society members, so I'm thinking we could just do that as a big long one at the end of the season, since season five wraps up um, the first run of the show. Yeah. Does that sound okay to you? Sure. If you want to wait 13 episodes. It's fine. I would be surprised if this kid was in anything else. Let's say that. So our episode starts out, and we're looking at a swimming pool with the year appearing on screen. It's 1954. There's a young kid who looks to be about to start swimming, and he calls out to the side. He says, Charlie, you, you sure it's okay? And we look it over at Charlie, who's closing a door and calling over to his shoulder saying, yeah, just be careful. And this this kid screams out in excitement, jumps into this giant indoor swimming pool, and back with Charlie, he smiles, and he walks over to some girl. He's putting his arm around her shoulder, and she tells him that he's the lifeguard, and shouldn't he be guarding her brother's life? And we cut back yep. to the kid in the pool. <laughs> he's swimming around just a little and having a good time. And I was like, damn it, Brandon was right. This basically is Friday the 13th. Because <laughs> you know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's called Dead Man's Float. <sighs> yeah. We cut back to Charlie, and he's like, oh, what, you want me to leave? And the girl doesn't, and then the two start smooching. Are they in another room? They're in, like, a little tiny office or something. Because the, the door is only just, like, a screen door. It's not even, like, yeah. a like a wooden door. I get it. You want to make out with your girl or whatever, but at the very least, just be in the same room as the yeah. pool and the kid swimming. I mean, at least to his credit, all they had to do is, like, open the door and jump in the pool, but, yeah, it's it's Friday But if a kid's drowning, maybe he's not thrashing and yelling. Maybe he just sinks under the water and doesn't make any noise, and you would just never know. Yeah, that's a good point. He's a shitty lifeguard. Yeah, he's interested in smooching, man. I I mean, I can't blame him for not knowing that there's a supernatural monster in the water, (laughs) but that's just bad lifeguard practice. I know. There's some rock and radio beats playing, and we cut back over to um, this kid. I I don't know what his name is, but he's still in the pool. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) We we cut back over to the 1954 kid. But no, he's swimming in the middle of this pool, and then we get this Jaws-style shot of the camera underwater looking at this kid's legs. Yeah. It's it's got spooky music. It's like, dee-doo, dee-doo. No, it, <laughs> I, it took me like a couple of listens to figure it out, but it sounds like the psycho theme, the screeching violin psycho theme. Yeah. I don't know if they play it at this point, but later on they definitely do. And I'm just like, man, this episode is basically just Friday the 13th mixed with psycho. Mixed with Jaws. Yes. <laughs> They're like, let's just do every horror movie <laughs> in one. And I'm okay with it. Yeah, they did a good job. So back topside, this kid's treading water and his face wrinkles up and she says, Oh, you, what is that Back underwater, the camera gets closer to his legs until we see topside him getting pulled under. And he surfaces and then he gets pulled back under. Then he starts screaming for help saying there's something in the pool. And we see him go under again and Charlie and the girl run from out of the room. She screams and Charlie grabs a flotation donut from the wall and jumps into the pool and we watch the bubbles of his jump fade into bubbles of a volcano that explodes with some kids screaming. It's not quite a hot dog, but it is cool. Yeah, right? That's what I thought, too. I think the difference is that Ron Oliver didn't direct this one. I think DJ McHale did. DJ McHale's like, no hot dogs. <laughs> we should ask him what his deal is. Like, DJ, Why does he hate hot dogs? What did hot dogs do to you? Although, if you hated hot dogs, you'd probably be exploding them. Oh, shit. Maybe, Maybe he loves hot them. dogs. Oh, he's probably an advocate for hot dogs. We look over at this kid who takes off his glasses and he says, oops. And the other kids of his class stand up from behind the lecture tables. And the teacher walks up to this kid and, they, and he apologizes. Saying he didn't think that the reactions would be so intense. And the teacher annoyingly tells the kid, well, it looks like your calculations were a little flawed. And he throws a towel over the volcano, even though Damn. it's done erupting. And all the other kids in the classroom are just fanning away the smoke, and they're coughing, and they're acting it up. And the teacher walks away saying, don't move, I'll go get the custodian. And then he walks out the room. It's always chemistry class in this show. Yeah. 
Well, chemistry always saves the day. It saves the day. It might or might not explode the day. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense. You can, I mean, you could just make up chemicals and be like, yeah, you interact these two chemicals and boom, you summon goth, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm going to bring up goth a lot during this podcast. Yes. Yes, you are, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. We get a voiceover from Stig saying, Zeke Matthews was one of those dips that lived for schoolwork. I guess you might call him the smartest loser in school. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> I mean, Even in his description of this fictional human, <laughs> he's just like, look at this fucking loser fuckhead. So stupid. <laughs> With his dumb glasses. Look at that shirt. Look at that stupid hair. What a stupid moron. Imagine that stupid hair, Betty Ann. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> we look over at these two girls that are sitting at a table in the classroom, and Stig was right, because one of them is all like, what a geek. And the other girl tells her that she thinks he's cute, like a puppy you want to take care of. But the first girl's like, more like a puppy you have to clean up after. And we look at Zeke for a moment, who was cleaning up after himself, unlike a puppy, and the nice girl stands up saying, come on, let's go help him. And she grabs her friend's arm and they head over there. And this nice girl's nice. I hope she has a big part in this episode. <laughs> well, before we go any further, I hate not knowing all these characters' names, so let's meet them all. First up, we have Zeke Matthews, who is played by Kai Eric Erickson. <laughs> Great name. Yeah. He's been in a lot of stuff, including the original MacGyver, something called Mega Man Upon a Star, and, of course, Goosebumps. Of course. It's a package deal. Yeah. I want to know more about that Mega Man Upon a Star thing. It's Mega Man. All right. Let's watch from it. From 1995. Mega Man. You gotta destroy the evil. <laughs> That's him. <laughs> he played, actually, he was, he was Proto-Man in it, but... <laughs> He was also in, Brandon, the animated show Mary-Kate and Ashley in action. Whoa. Yeah. Who did he play, Mary-Kate? <laughs> no, I think he was the dog. Oh, okay. No, I, I don't know what he was. I didn't look that far. Next up, the brunette girl who so far doesn't care for Zeke. Her mean name girl. is Clarice. She's played by Margot Finley, whose only other notable role was Linda in D3 The Mighty Ducks. Cool. Yeah. I don't know if Linda was I would have thought character. she'd been in more things. I think she did a good job in this episode. I did too. Yeah, she was great. Clarice's friend with the blonde hair's name is Greta, and she's played by Amy Castle, who does a ton of voice work in video games like Grand Theft Auto V, Lego Jurassic World, Lego Force Awakens, and she also did the voice of, I don't know, Quinn Me in Final Fantasy Type-0, which I never played. So, good job, right. Amy Castle. cool. Back to the episode. Greta and Clarice walk up to Zeke, and Greta asks him what went wrong. And Zeke pulls off his safety goggles, saying nothing. And we look back at the girls, and Clarice, she cringes, and she starts to walk away. But Greta grabs her arm and pulls her back, and we cut back to Zeke. He's got these big rubber gloves on, and he's holding up this huge black container, saying, If you mix Magamnite, which every time I heard it and wrote it down, I wanted to write down Mag Magnemite. You know, the Pokemon? Pokemon, yeah. Yeah. So if you mix Magonite with water, the reaction is always the same. Kaboom, lava surprise. I just miscalculated the ratio. And Clarice pipes up saying, how interesting, my education is complete. You know what, Brandon, I feel bad. I meant to look up this, like these chemicals to see if they were real. I didn't do it. I just assume they aren't. I don't know. I've never heard of Magonite, and I'm like a 31-year-old man. I, I Maybe it's magnesium, because I think magnesium blows up with water, but I don't remember. Chemistry class was a long time ago. The teacher steps back into the classroom just as the bell rings, and everyone hears it, and they start walking away, and the teacher says that they'll continue next week. I mean, <laughs> they'll continue next time. And he walks up to Zeke, and, and he says, Charlie can do this, Zeke. And in walks Charlie, the custodian, who was... Totally, probably not even the Charlie from 1954, even a little bit. And Zeke gives him a little smile as he walks up with his mop in his bucket. And Zeke looks over at Clarice, who's putting her stuff away. And then he starts unbuttoning his lab coat as we get another voiceover from Stig, who says, Actually, schoolwork wasn't the only thing on Zeke's mind. <laughs> and we see him staring at Clarice, making like more haste to take off his 
lab gear and stuff. And he walks over to her saying, hi, Clarice, you're on the swim team, right? And Clarice is all, yeah, so? And Zeke says, um, well, hold on, I'm going to stop, actually. Why is he going up to Clarice knowing that she's mean when Greta is interested into her? I interested thought in the him, same thing. And she seems to be on the swim team, too. <laughs> like, I don't think you just need to automatically like anyone who shows any interest in you. But when you've yeah. got these two girls, one who actively dislikes you and is mean to you, and one who seems to like you or at the very least, you know, is kind to you. Like, yeah. what exactly does he see in Clarice? I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Greta's hideous and ugly and Clarice is hot or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they're they're both both nice-looking girls. Right, exactly. Well, Zeke says, oh, well, I'd like to show you something you may find interesting, because you're on the team, I mean. And she asks what it is, and Zeke tells her that he'd rather just show her. How about after school? And Clarice tells him that she's got practice, and she's, you know, on the team, remember? And she starts to walk out of the room, and Zeke stops her, saying, what about tomorrow, before school? And Clarice stops. She turns around and asks Zeke to just tell her what it is. But Zeke smiles, saying, well, that's no fun. And Clarice takes a, two, a few steps closer to him, saying, fun? You're telling me what's fun? And Zeke tries to backpedal a little, but Clarice tells him, Okay, Beaker boy, you're on. Beaker's all like, great, meet me tomorrow at the gym about 7.30? And then he knocks into some stupid display thing of like a molecule or something, and he fumbles around with it awkwardly before he just takes that thing right out of the room with him. Well, at least he's got a date with the mean girl. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I wasn't going to put this guy in here, but the teacher... He's played by Arthur Holden, and we last saw him as Ichabod Crane in The Tale of the Midnight Ride. Sure. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I only did it because he was in an episode already. But also, he was in a lot lot of other stuff, like so many other things, including being the voice of Mr. Ratburn and Arthur. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) So we switch scenes, and for some reason, we look at this giant, awesome-looking house or something. But maybe it's the school? I don't really know. Anyway, Zeke opens up a door to a locker room saying, I forgot, this is the boys' changing room. Maybe you should... But he gets cut off by Clarice busting in the door, calling out, Hello, is anybody here? And she's wearing what looks to be some business casual office-style clothes with a pink turtleneck and this big shoulder-padded jacket. And she's like, If this is your big surprise, I've seen it already. And Zeke walks up to her saying, Watch this. And he walks over to a row of lockers, and Clarice asks what he's doing, and Zeke tells her, Last week, I was trying to calculate the volume of the school. Why? I don't Who know. does that? <laughs> Nobody. And I found that there was more to this building than meets the eye. And he puts his hand in one of those lockers and starts lifting and pulling it away, and then it just, like, slides. And behind the lockers, we see a door to a room mark to pool. And I put this in my notes. I said, so suck it, Brandon. I've been waiting since Sorcerer's Apprentice to laugh at you about hidden pools in schools. <laughs> when we recorded Sorcerer's Apprentice, you were like, no school's going to hide a pool. <laughs> and I told you, you wait, Brandon. You just wait. <laughs> and it's come back up. I remember that. <laughs> I know. I was When you said it, I was like, oh, he's going to be in for a big surprise once we get to season five in like a year. And guess what? I hate it now as well. It's pretty stupid because this pool is like an Olympic-sized pool. It's And you don't massive. just, like, not notice that. No. It would be the majority of that building. It's got, like, skylights. So you don't just not notice that there's this huge N- Nobody is like, building. huh, I wonder what that giant structure is on the side of our school. <laughs> that Olympic pool-sized building. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) Clarice looks at the door, then to Zeke, and she opens it up and she takes a look. Inside, we see this pool that's covered up in a black tarp, and there's chairs and, like, wooden shit everywhere. Some are even on top of the tarp over the pool, and it looks really creepy. (laughs) No, I wouldn't swim in it. No, I wouldn't either. Oh, it's got 1950s water in it. (laughs) (laughs) Clarice is like, oh, man, I didn't know this was here. And Zeke pipes up saying, strange, isn't it? After I found it, I did a little research. It was built in the 1950s, but they only used it for a short time. Clarice asks how come, and Zeke just doesn't know, which is weird, that they wouldn't mention why it got closed. 
He's not interested. Uh, you know, okay. He just wants to know the area of the newspaper article. I would say, okay, spoilers, I guess, but we already seen, like, a kid die in there, and Charlie yeah. tells us that three more people died in this, and Zeke couldn't find any information about that? That doesn't make sense. No. It's one of those boring deaths that you don't really report on. Yeah, the family just like, let's just wipe it under the rug, just, just so we can <laughs> save this school. <laughs> wouldn't want them to board up that pool no one would believe that you can just hide a pool it's nonsense <laughs> clarice wonders why this pool got boarded up and she's like we shouldn't have to drive an hour to practice if there's a pool right here oh my god she makes a good point though That's what crazy. is what is this building they're in is it just locker rooms leading to nowhere maybe there's a basketball court i don't know Ugh, this pool it's huge. It is. It's gigantic. And Clarice is basically like, I'm getting my pool. Why would they even have a swim team? <laughs> think they'd just be like, well, we don't have a pool. What are we going to do? I don't know. It's really funny if you think about it, though, isn't it? Do you think they have like a ski team? They're like, let's start up a snowboarding <laughs> swim team. team. <laughs> driving we live in the desert, but we've got, we've got a snowboarding team. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they have to drive an hour to get to a pool to practice, though. <laughs> That's ridiculous. So dumb. So Clarice is like, you know, let's get this pool to open up. But Zeke is like, they're never going to open this. And Clarice stops him with a finger to his lips and says, stop. Excuses are for people who never get things done, understand? And Zeke nods and she says, good. Thanks, Zeke. You did a real cool thing here. And Zeke's like, I did. Hey, maybe we can go to... Go together sometime. But Clarice puts a stop to that, saying, don't push it. And she walks away from him. And Zeke chases after her and out the door as the camera looks over at Charlie, the custodian from before, who's just in this room for some reason. Because he's got this entire building to himself. It's probably bigger than whatever house he lives in. <laughs> he, he lives here. Why wouldn't you? He looks out at the pool, and this human body form rises up from the water, hits the tarp, and then lowers back down, all with the psycho-style music playing. Looks awesome. It's amazing! It's such a cool shot, cool effect. Oh, man. The idea of being under a tarp while, you know, under a tarp over the pool, like, that'd be crazy. I don't like it. Like, I'm sure that they just lifted the tarp over on one side and used the pole to, like, push something up and down, but... That was so cool. Yeah. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your swimming instructor. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our little show. Four seasons down, three to go, and we were so excited to dive in. Our Patreon has been updated to include some new tiers and greater accessibility for everyone. We've lowered the Bronze Beth tier to $1 a month, and you'll receive a thank you message in the show, access to our Up All Night Discord server, and access to early release episodes that go up the moment I'm finished editing. The Silver Goth tier is now our $3 a month tier. Here you'll receive every benefit from the previous tier, as well as a shout out every episode, access to our bloopers and outtakes, access to our bonus horror movie and video game reviews called Quick Frights, which will be starting up soon, and you'll be sent a sticker. At $5, we have our first new tier, the Golden Day Days. This tier gives you everything from the previous tiers, as well as access to our Are You Afraid of the Dark book readings. We couldn't possibly upstage Bostic, so he's now been upgraded to the Platinum Bostics tier. For $10 a month, you get all the benefits from the previous tiers, as well as a one-time up-all-night shirt sent your way. Finally, our biggest tier is a Diamond Zebo tier at $25 a month. This tier gives you everything we have to offer, and you'll be sent a new up-all-night t-shirt every quarter. I hope you check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash private island and consider becoming a patron today. We have a lot of bonus content out now for you to enjoy. And once we've gotten our first 10 patrons, we're planning on doing a Patreon exclusive giveaway. I'd like to give a special thank you to all of our current patrons, the Silver Goths, Angela and Shane, and the Platinum Bostics, Bryce, Kathy, and newest patron Carly. Thank you so much, everyone. Our show wouldn't be the same without you. Our Season 5 artwork is finished, so be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at PRVT Island and Instagram at Private Island Presents to check it out, as well as all of our handcrafted GIFs, videos, and memes. We put a lot of work into our social media content, and with over a year of it available to laugh at now, there's a lot to love. 
For a link to all of our socials, our YouTube page, Patreon, Facebook group, and more, check out the link in the description of this episode. I'd like to thank the Benevolent Badger for his work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, Dating Star from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Now I'd like to play a promo for the 90s Court Pod, where hosts Lisa and Andy debate about two 90s nostalgic relics to see which comes out on top. Hey Andy. Yes, Lisa? You ever sit around thinking about how Ren and Stimpy is the greatest Nicktoon ever? I mean, I sit around thinking about how Rocco is and how Ren and Stimpy isn't even top five. Well, you're wrong, and now I challenge you to a fight to the death. Uh, you know what? Let, let's mark that down as plan B. Uh, hey gang, uh, check out 90s Court Podcast, where each week, Lisa and I discuss two things from the 90s that brought us great joy. Or great cringe. We cover movies, TV, video games, music, toys, food, and so much more. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you podcast and catch up on a great backlog of 90s goodies. And be sure and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 90s Court, because it's 90s Court, and that means that you, the jury, decide who wins each week. And if this podcast thing doesn't work out, I can always just murder Andy. Please listen. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. I still can't believe we're already in season five, but I'm really looking forward to continuing this journey with you all. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. We get a nice shot of the pool room and all of its boarded up shittiness and a whistle (laughs) blows and the scene transitions to a girl diving into this freshly opened pool. The black tarp is gone. It's got crystal clear water and all the chairs and the garbage surrounding the pool are cleaned up. It's much brighter in here and it looks really good. It looks like a pool. It looks incredible. That pool is gigantic. I want to swim in it. I mean, no, there's a monster in there. Maybe I don't. (laughs) We get another voiceover from Stig saying Clarice wasn't kidding. She got in the face of everybody at school and she wouldn't take no for an answer. I believe it. I do too. She was like, I'm getting that pool. And then she got her pool. After a few weeks, the swim team had their pool. And we watch Clarice swimming and she gets to the edge of the pool and stops. And then Greta swims up beside her and the girls take off their goggles. Clarice is like, not bad, huh? And before Greta can say anything, we get this underwater first person camera shot of something swimming under the water. And it checks out some girl that's swimming by. And then we cut back over to Clarice and Greta. And Greta's like, I don't know how you did it, but... And then she stops and she starts smelling around. And she's like, oh man, what's that smell? And back underwater, the first person shot with the psycho violin screeching checks out this girl swimming by it. And then it focuses in on Clarice and Greta at the edge of the pool. Back topside, Clarice blames the pipe, saying that they must still be dirty. Back underwater, the camera gets closer. Back with the girls, Greta says it's gross, and then she gets out of the pool. Clarice follows just as the camera, like, hits the wall of the pool. Just in time. If only the thing could come out of the water. It can't. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's an invisible thing that just can't do it. We cut to science class. Zeke's in the foreground with Clarice behind her, and the teacher's handing back tests. And Clarice gets upset because she got a C- and declares that she hates science. Zeke turns around and looks at her and says, it could be worse. And she's like, yeah, no kidding. If I don't bring this grade up, I'm off the swim team. And Zeke rolls over her way with his chair and he says, maybe I could help you. And she looks up saying, how? And we see another girl from behind Clarice, which is Greta. She looks over with a scowl. And Zeke's like, maybe he could tutor her as chemistry is kind of his subject. And Clarice asks, what's in it for him? And Zeke kind of looks around for a second and he smiles as the seed fades to the swimming pool at night. Did you see Greta's scowl? She was so No, pissed. I didn't. Like, she, like, swivels her head from behind Clarice, and she looks mad as hell. Because Clarice is stealing her boy. Yeah, exactly. You know, it sets it up for what comes next, but it was just really funny. She looks so pissed. We hear some door open or something, and inside the room is Clarice, with Zeke just arriving, and he asks how she got in, and Clarice holds up some keys, saying that she stole them from the coach. And Zeke worries about getting caught, but Clarice says that they aren't doing anything wrong, and they're the only ones there. I don't know where she thinks she's not doing anything wrong. (laughs) I mean, she stole the keys. She stole the keys, and it's after dark, and it's everything about it is wrong. But Zeke takes a few steps closer to the pool, asking Clarice if she's ever taught anyone how to swim before. And she walks up to him saying, yep, now enough questions, dive in. And she goes to push him into the pool, but he backs up. 
And she responds with like a little laugh saying, hey, you really are afraid of the water. Okay, we'll take it slow. And she walks away from Zeke and then he follows her. The seed fades and we're looking, oh, we're looking at, my God, I said that like a Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) The show's changing you, Cortland. It'll be on Arthur next. Oh, <laughs> a little Estobo. <laughs> <laughs> the scene fades, and now we're looking out over the pool, and there's a rubber raft that floats into frame with Zeke and Clarice inside. Clarice tells him that it's not so bad, and Zeke gives a little nervous giggle, and we cut over to Clarice, who's laying back relaxing, and she asks Zeke what it is that scares him so much. And Zeke giggles, saying, it is dumb, really, but she prods him further. She, like, genuinely wants to know. So Zeke tells his story, saying, When I was a kid, I was swimming in a pond. I got my foot tangled in some underwater plants, and I couldn't get loose. The harder I tried, the worse it got. I almost drowned. Clarice asks him what happened, and she puts her fingers into the water. Zeke continues his story, saying that his brother saw him and cut him loose. But ever since he's had this feeling that that there's something down there waiting, because I cheated it once, and it it wants a second chance at me. So Clarice takes her hand out of the water, she looks at Zeke, and then just silently hops up out of the raft and into the water. It was kind of weird. A little, but whatever. She's weird. She's a little weird, isn't she? It was just, like, you tell this heartfelt story of why you're scared of the water. She's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, that's really interesting. Well, see ya. Splash! Like... If only you could swim like me! (laughs) She... She swims back to the raft, she props herself up, and she says, Zeke, I guarantee you, in a pool, there's nothing down there to get you. And Zeke looks over the edge, and Clarice tells him to try putting his hand in the water. So Zeke does, and then he takes it out, and Clarice is like, See, that wasn't so bad. Now try- And then she gets yanked underwater. (laughs) And Zeke screams, (laughs) screams out for her. And she comes back to the surface coffin, and Greta yells, Boo! at Zeke, who falls over in the raft. And Clarice climbs back into the raft, and Greta makes her way out of the pool. Clarice calls out, Not funny, Greta! And Greta turns around and says, I thought you didn't like puppies! And Clarice yells back that, He's helping her with chemistry! Greta's like, Yeah, right! And walks out of the room. (laughs) How did she silently get in there? I don't know. I felt like that was impossible. Yeah, she silently... I mean, maybe... Okay. Maybe she snuck in... While they were in the raft, or getting the raft blown up or something, right? And slunked her way into the water like some sort of like bone, like a snake. <laughs> yeah, like a snake. She just slithered into that pool, and she was underwater for minutes, waiting. <laughs> Made no sound, and was able to swim up to them without being like, "Hey, is that Greta?" Because the water's clear. <laughs> this isn't, you know, Lake Winnebongo or whatever. Yeah. It was such a big stretch. <sighs> At least it's consistent with, you know, Clarice, or I mean, Greta being upset about Clarice trying to steal her man. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel for Greta. Yeah. Yeah. She was nothing but nice until this this part where she wasn't. In the raft, Zeke looks at Clarice and asks, what was that about puppies? And Clarice sighs, saying nothing, and then asks if he's okay, and Zeke says he is. Uh, Maybe they should go. But Clarice grabs his hand, saying, no, I want to help you. And Zeke smiles at her, and she says, now relax, there's nothing down there. And then we get this first person shot underwater, (laughs) looking up at the raft with the psycho music. (laughs) I love it. Which shows that Clarice is a big old liar. That there is something down there. Damn it, Clarice. (laughs) There's nothing down there. There's something down there. (laughs) Back on the raft, Zeke says, yeah, I know. And Clarice urges him to take a look that there's nothing there. So he looks over the raft, and we get this underwater shot of the thing getting closer to the raft. Clarice asks if he sees anything, and Zeke tells her no. So she tells him to put his hand in again, and he does. And then he looks at her saying, you smell that? <laughs> she looks around smelling and asks, what is it? And so he's like, I don't know. It smells like acid. And then he's pulled into the water. <laughs> and she looks uh, over at the water, you know, screaming for Zeke. You just imagine what's going through his mind at that moment. Um, he's yeah. trying to get over his fear here. 
he knows he's probably being a little irrational and there's nothing to be afraid of really but you can't get rid of those little niggling fears in the back of your mind and then he gets sucked into the water <laughs> yeah and do you i bet you so many kids are scared of the pool because of this t- I'm scared of the pool now. I can't help but think that there's like a demon in the water when I'm swimming in a pool. <laughs> so it got me too. <laughs> I don't understand the whole acid thing though. Like the smell that comes yeah. with it. I don't really get that. No. I mean, I get that. I guess the fact that it would smell because it's like a rotting corpse kind of. <laughs> yeah. But like smelling like acid. Or rotten eggs or whatever. I don't know. Oh, get it. That's okay. It cuts to and from commercial. She's still screaming out for Zeke, who resurfaces. She reaches out her hand and tells him to grab it, so he does. And she pulls him in back into the raft. And Clarice asks him what happened, as he just coughs a bunch, saying, Something grabbed me. It tried to drown me. And Clarice is all, what? <laughs> and then she should just be like, All right, let's just try this again. Put your hand in the water. <laughs> That's, she looks out over the edge of the raft saying there's nobody down there and Zeke assures her that something grabbed him so Clarice looks at him and asks if he thinks it's because of his fear and Zeke asks if she means if he imagined it and Clarice is all well there's nothing in the pool Zeke and Zeke starts to buy into this shit when we get an underwater first person shot of something ramming the raft and it starts to shake the raft a bunch and the kids are all freaking out about what it is and Zeke's saying it's trying to dump them and Kids start to paddle away with their hands, but it grabs Clarice. So Zeke grabs her and pulls her back away from the water. And Clarice then says, yeah, there's something in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we know. Zeke deduces that they can't paddle because it'll grab them. So Clarice comes up with a plan that they are just going to sit there and wait until somebody finds them. Fuck no. (laughs) It's It's like ramming you and shit. Well, Zeke is like, wait, that smell, that acid smell. And then the underwater shot rams the raft again, and the kids, they tumble into the water screaming. Not so much for that plan. (laughs) Yeah, right. We'll just sit here, and it'll all be... (laughs) That ghost wants them in the water. Clarice swims to Zeke, telling him to hang on, and then a pole appears near them with Charlie screaming, grab it, hurry. So the kids do that, and they are rescued. I was putting it off until he was more prominent character, but Charlie is played by Michael A. Ube, who was the drama teacher in Billy Madison. Yep. He was Ed in one episode of The Littlest Hobo. Of course. And he was water executive in The Tuxedo with Jackie Chan. Whoa. <laughs> this guy just yeah. loves water. <laughs> he can't get enough of it, man. I love water, too. It's, it keeps me active and it's alive. It's one of my stuff. favorite things. Air and water are just superb. So back to the episode. The gang is all gathered up in the locker room. Clarice and Zeke, they have a towel over them and a cup of, like, I don't know, hot chocolate or something in their hands. Which is weird because it's not like the pool was hot. I mean, the pool was cold. Eh, Whatever. It might have been. You don't know. I guess. Zeke looks over at Charlie and asks him what that was. The camera pans over to Charlie, who looks pretty glum, and he's saying, It's back, or maybe it never left. And Zeke looks at Clarice, then back at Charlie, asking, what's back? Charlie tells him that he was the lifeguard in this pool when it first opened up, and his girlfriend's little brother drowned. Yep, nothing he could have done. He says it was no accident, that he tried to save him, but it wouldn't let him. It pulled the kid away from him, and then he was gone. And Charlie takes a deep breath and says nobody believed him until three more people drowned. And then they believed him about the demon? (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. The kids look at each other, then back at Charlie, who says that they closed down the pool and people forgot all about it. Until now. Clarice asks what's in it. What is it? What's in there? And Charlie tells them that when they built the pool, they had to get rid of an old cemetery. And they had to get rid of the bodies. Nearest I could figure is they missed one and its spirit wants revenge for being disturbed. Alright, add poltergeist to the... Exactly. (laughs) To the mix. Yeah. Clarice gets upset, saying that... The same thing's going to happen. No one's going to believe us until somebody gets hurt. And Zeke stands up. He walks over to her saying, maybe not. Maybe there's a way to even things out a little bit. 
We cut to inside of a full cabinet of chemicals, and the three open it up, and Zeke's saying, nobody believes in this thing because it's invisible, but maybe we can get a good look at it. And he's looking around for a few chemicals, and Clarice asks how. So Zeke tells her, it smells, remember? Charlie adds in, like, rotten eggs. And Zeke corrects him, looking at the cabinet above. He says, like acid. Here. He grabs this big glass bottle, saying, methyl orange. We're going to do a little experiment. So the gang closes the cabinet, and we see Zeke grab some of those big plastic gloves, and he walks out of the room. Charlie follows, but Clarice stays back for a moment and grabs that big container of magonite that Zeke had used for his volcano at the beginning of the episode. And then she makes her way out, and they meet at the pool. I don't know why she decided to grab that giant jug, but... She, know, she got an idea and decided not to share it with anyone until they needed it. <laughs> she was like, I know, we can just blow up all the water. <laughs> In case Zeke's stupid plan doesn't work, I'll blow everything up. <laughs> so they're all standing at the edge of the pool. The camera's looking up at them, and Zeke says, Methyl orange reacts with acid. If this thing really is part acid, we should get a nice red snapshot. He pours a little bit of <laughs> that into the pool, and he steps back, and Clarice is asking how he can be sure, but Zeke interrupts, saying, Wait, you smell that? And we look at the pool, and then it's starting to like bubble up right. And Charlie's like, Wait, it's coming. Look! And we look back at the pool, and there's some, like, reddish shape that's slowly making its way up. There's lots of bubbles coming up from it. And Clarice asks what it is, and Zeke says, I can't be sure, but we gotta wait and see it's taking shape. And the figure, this whole time, is just, like, really slowly coming from basically the bottom Very of the pool. Very slowly. And Zeke gets down, and he takes a look at it, saying, well, it looks like, uh, looks like it's... And then the figure makes its way to the surface. It reaches up and it grabs Zeke's shirt by the neck. And Clarice screams and Charlie helps Zeke back away from the pool. And we look over and we see this most sinister looking red corpse zombie creature rise up from the pool. And it's totally badass. It's Holy shit, this thing is cool. It's the coolest monster design, in my opinion, so far from this show. It's, it's so cool. I can't believe that this... <laughs> Got into a kid's show. It's same. I thought the same thing. It's it's incredible. It's all like, it's red because you know the methyl orange dyed it, and its clothes are all ripped, and its eye sockets, and it's got a cut off nose. It's all skeletal, but there's wisps of like stringy hair. It's it's incredible. You got to see it. (laughs) If you haven't seen it yet, you have to see it. It's really cool. So cool. This is a kid's show. I was just expecting, like, a human, but, like, they're blue, and they were like, I'm wet. (laughs) No, we get, like, this zombie skeletal red monstrosity that is amazing. Way better. I've been waiting, like, over a year for you to see this. I'm sure you have accidentally seen this before. You know, I'm sure you've caught a glimpse of it, but it's Mm. so cool. I don't think so. But yeah, this monster is my favorite so far. I love it. The amount of work that went into this character's costume and the prosthetics and stuff, like it's really good. It's it's movie quality. I'm going to sure. have a hard time believing that there's going to be any monster in the rest of this show that's going to be better. I don't want to spoil anything, but another episode later in season five has a really cool monster too. Wow. All right. There might be more that I'm forgetting too, but... There's definitely one more that I'm really impressed with later. So Clarice and Zeke, they run away, and Charlie's just staring at this corpse thing when Clarice runs back to grab him. And Zeke runs back too, and he picks up this pole, and the corpse slowly reaches his hand out to grab Zeke. And in slow motion, he whacks this monster with the pole, but it cuts right through him like it's made of water. It's silly. And then Zeke just grabs, Zeke just drops the pole and he runs away. Well, you can't fight water. No, you can't. You should just try reasoning with it. Just be like, please, do it. <laughs> do whatever you want. Just please don't use water. Don't be water. No, it's too horrible. <laughs> but please, I hate water. They should have tried that. Would have worked, I'm sure. Yeah, he probably would have been like, oh, I'm sorry, kids. <laughs> In the locker room, Zeke exclaims that the monster's made of water, and he looks over to see Clarice laying Charlie down on the bench, saying that he's in shock. So Zeke runs up to Charlie, asking if he's okay, and Clarice starts shaking him, telling him to focus. 
Clarice yells, I gotta get out of here, and then the camera pans over to a drain on the floor. And back to the kids, Zeke says Charlie needs a doctor. And we zip back to the drain, and then we see some red liquid bubbling up out of it. Clarice asks, what about that thing? Why'd it come out now after all this time? And Zeke tells her it's because it can't hide anymore. More red bubbles up from that drain, and Clarice tells Charlie to focus. Zeke starts to talk, but he stops, and he smells the air, saying, oh no. And the camera, like, swivels around the kids, and we see the corpse behind them rise up. And Clarice screams, and the kids run away back to the pool. It, like, growls like a monster. (laughs) It is a monster. I mean, yeah, but... (laughs) You know what I mean. I do. In the pool room, Clarice tells Zeke that they can't leave Charlie with that thing. And Zeke tells her he doesn't know how to stop it. But Charlie? Who? I don't oh, know. They just guy. abandon him. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, eh, whatever. He'll be fine. <laughs> He's in there being drowned by a water monster. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe now they'll believe us. <laughs> yeah, he'll be the first victim. Then they'll close the pool. But Clarice looks over at something on the, on the ground, and she says, maybe I do. And she runs over, and she grabs that giant tub of magnite, saying, it's made of water, right? And Zeke nods, and she says, what's your recipe? You mix water with magnite and kaboom, lava surprise? And Zeke smiles, saying, my volcano, that's brilliant. And she starts to open up the magnite, but Zeke pushes it out of her hands and into the pool. Why? She asks why he did that, and Zeke tells her that there's moisture on her hands, and it'll burn her. She needs So gloves. just say that. No, you have to dramatically throw it into the pool. She's trying to summon goth over here. <laughs> Your pitiful human signs can't. <laughs> oh, fuck, is that Magonite? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wonder if this is the same pool that they used for... I wondered matches. the same thing. I kind of hope it is. So Clarice, she unzips her sweatshirt and she takes off her pants so that she's back in her swimsuit and she jumps in the pool to go after the Magonite. And we see her swim down and she grabs it and then back up with Zeke. He's just kind of like looking around (laughs) and then he looks down and he sees some red goo spilling into the pool. (laughs) It's like Alex Mack. (laughs) (laughs) You ever see that show? Yes. I know you had the Alex Mack book, but I didn't know if you seen the show. I seen the show based on the books, yes. <laughs> he sees that goo spilling into the pool, and then he yells for Clarice. And we see Clarice at the bottom of the pool, pick up the tub, and then she surfaces, and the rest of the goo drops into the pool. She yells out that she got it, and Zeke screams for her to get out of the pool because he's coming. And then she looks over at the corpse that pops up from the water, and then it just starts walking her way. And I'm not really sure how they did this part. Were they maybe just in the shallow end? I don't know. Probably. If they weren't, like, they do this cool thing where it just looks like he's walking, uh, not on top of the water, but, like, you know, where you should be swimming. I don't know. Clarice just stares at this thing wide-eyed, and Zeke yells for her to get away, and then the monster comes closer to her. Then Zeke just jumps right into the water, and the corpse turns around and he starts walking towards Zeke, and Clarice swims and she makes it out of the pool, and Zeke (laughs) tries to swim to the edge, but, you know, he can't really swim, and... We watch Clarice, she puts on the gloves, which is cut between Zeke swimming to the pool's edge and the corpse slowly making its way to Zeke. And finally, Charlie pulls Zeke out of the pool and over walks Clarice with the open container. And she says, red She throws the Magonite all over this monster, which reacts instantly. It starts like having a seizure and screaming and then slowly melting into the pool. And it's amazing. Yeah. It's, like, bubbling up around it, and you can just see it's like, slowly sinking into the pool, and you get, like, this close-up of its face and stuff, and screaming, and it's pretty cool. We joke, but this really is the end to Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> you know, I was kind of hoping it would just explode, because Lava Surprise, to me, is an explosion. <laughs> yeah, but it's just someone like, oh, I remembered this chemistry knowledge from earlier. I'm going to pour chemicals into a pool. Yeah. And that solves all the problems. <laughs> it is basically Sorcerer's Apprentice. I thought the same Pay thing when I was in watching chemistry it. class, kids. Yeah. The pool settles. The monster's gone. Zeke laughs saying, you did it. You really did it. And the water bubbles up a little more and Charlie walks up to it saying, finally, after all these years, it's over. Thanks to you, kids. We get a voiceover from Stick again saying, The evil spirit never bothered anyone again, and Charlie was no longer tortured by his memories. 
and the scene transitions and we see Zeke and Clarice snuggled up in the rubber raft at the edge of the pool. Stig says, as for Zeke and Clarice, well Clarice figured it was okay to be a science geek and she showed Zeke that there are a lot more fun things to do than studying all the time. And we see that she flips the book over for them to read the other side of the page and Zeke asks if she wants to go for a swim. She smiles, says sure, and gets up out of the raft, then jumps into the pool. And Zeke smiles, laying back to read some more. And Stig says, Zeke still didn't care much for the water. The end. I'd be more afraid of the water after that. I'm a a rational 31-year-old man, and (laughs) I can't help but think of this episode when I'm in a pool, so... (laughs) Well, he had an, an irrational fear before, or it was rational. I mean, he did almost drown, but there wasn't any monsters coming to get him. But then he finds out there is... There are monsters that live in the water, and like they killed this one, but maybe there's others. Ooh, right. Anytime you go in any water, he now knows that there's potential for something that just wants to pull you under, and you can't see it. There's still a body down there, right? (laughs) The whole thing that happened is that there was a body that they forgot to move or whatever. That body's still there because they only killed the spirit. (laughs) Yeah, the body's definitely still there. I, the whole relationship with Zeke and Clarice, though, like it looks really nice. They sure. have gotten together like happily. Yep. Sorry, Greta. Yeah, Greta's a thing of the past. Got to find another puppy. It had a nice happy ending, and I was I I I liked that. So we fade back to the campfire, and Stig's saying the end, and the girls look at each other, and Tucker says, "Tell me that wasn't the best." And we cut over to Gary, who says, "Okay, we got to vote." And the kids all huddle up besides Stig, to discuss. And Stig looks over, he grabs the bag of monkey bone dust, he takes out a palmful, sniffs it, and then he tastes it. God damn it. That's primo monkey bone dust that he's eating right there. That's that primo monkey shit. (laughs) Gary yells, hey, to him, and the girls are all like, ew, and they stop discussing and they look over at Stig. Sam's saying, listen, um, you told a great story, but the vote has to be unanimous, and it wasn't. All right, case closed. The end. Have a good night, folks. Tucker pipes up and saying that it's not fair. But Stig's like, yeah, well, thanks for the shot. And he goes to walk away, but Betty Ann yells, wait, we're giving you another chance. Gary tells him to come to a couple of meetings and tell another story. If by then, and Kiki cuts in, we don't think you're a total puke, then you're in. And Gary asks if that's fair enough, and Stig agrees. That's such bullshit. Why even have the vote? I don't know. I thought the same thing. (laughs) If like, oh, it has to be unanimous. Otherwise, we'll just keep doing it until it is. (laughs) But he told like the dopest story and they're like, nah. Yeah, because he's a shit. Kiki walks over to Stig and tells him to handle handle a shower while putting the bag back over his head. And she walks away and Tucker grabs Stig's arm to walk him away. And Betty Ann follows as Gary pours the water over the fire. And finally, Sam and Gary walk together down the path. And that's the end of the episode. (sighs) It's unfortunate that it was such a good episode. Yeah. I I really hate Stig. Stig hasn't done anything yet. I'm interested to see how his character develops. I like I know that we don't get that much character development from the Midnight Society. Because we only see him for like three minutes an episode. But... Mm -hmm. So you have to make an impression. Yeah. I'm interested to see if he's going to take the Frank role, which I don't think he is. I don't think, I think he's just going to be a weird kid. Well, Frank doesn't eat monkey bone dust. No, he eats popcorn. That's right. Popcorn's good. We'll see what happens. We have a whole season. We'll see. We will see. So with that being said, moral of the story, don't swim alone. You might get sucked under by a monster. That's good. I feel like just throw chemicals at all your problems. That's a good one. Literally? I feel like people actually do that all, all pretty often. They throw them? Yeah, right into their mouth. <laughs> um, if you're a lifeguard, don't start smooching up your babe when somebody's swimming. Yeah, if you're a lifeguard, like, guard. The Tale of Dead Man's Float. Pretty cool name, but I think we could come up with something better. How about the tale of the ridiculously hidden pool? Oh, man. I still love it. <laughs> People were just like, why is this building so big? I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. This boy's change room is huge. It's like four blocks. Uh, I'm going to do it, Brandon. The tale of the water demons. Yeah. It's just the one, mostly. 
I really like, I thought about this when I was watching the episode that Tucker brought this kid in and he's like walking down the path with him. And he's like, dude, they loved it when I told them about these water demons. So go with like a water zombie or something. They'll eat it up and you'll be part of the Midnight Society for sure. He's like, I've been doing this thing where I, I tell like ghosts with different elements and <laughs> yeah, just try to do your own thing. That's all I had. Tale of the Lonely Greta. No, oh, poor Greta. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The Tale of Old Man Charlie. <laughs> Ch- Charlie. Ch- Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, though, I think. Yeah. Dead Man Float's a pretty cool name. Are you ready to find out what episode we are going to be watching next week? What is it? Up next, Brandon, we have Season 5, Episode 2, The Tale of the Jagged Sign. Who do you think is going to tell Jagged Sign? Yes. Oof. Um, this one's going to be a Sam. Yeah. I, could, I don't remember who said who does this story but it kind of sounds like it could be a sam yeah it's a bit samish i'm gonna tell you i don't remember anything about this episode so what do you think it's gonna be about a jagged sign like what is that even huh i don't know i guess you could take it as like a street sign <laughs> got some sharp a hollywood edges. sign uh a billboard of sorts um i don't know it, you could just, I saw the sign, and it was I jagged. mean, that's what's running through my head right now. Yeah. I'm going to say car accident, ran into a billboard, <laughs> <laughs> broke it a little bit. Okay. Uh, then there's like a driving ghost. Okay. I mean, that's about as good a guess as I could ever imagine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to guess. I'll wait until season 6 and 7 to start guessing episodes because I could have seen this one. I'm sure I have seen it, so we'll just we'll just wait and see. Well, Brandon, we'll start kicking off season 5 with an excellent episode. Let's see if the next episode will disappoint us. <laughs> it better. I hope so. <laughs> better disappoint us. <laughs> but for now, I'm tired. I'm going to go back to sleep. Because Good I've been idea. Up all night. I'm going to bed. I'll talk to you next week, Brandon. All right. I'll all be right. here. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Okay, Beaker Boy, you're on.